What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. Um, I want to give a quick update on Jason, the super producer. He did get out of the hospital for a little bit, but then he had to go back in for some more treatment. But he is, he is, uh, he's getting stronger. He's getting a lot better. Uh, and he, he said, hey, thanks for the uh, continued prayers and well wishes. They are definitely helping him. But like I've said in a couple of, He's got a long way to go, but we we do have some plans for him to, um, when he does get back out, he's going to hopefully join me on a couple episodes. I don't know that he's going to jump back into producing, but he might jump back into uh, co-hosting. So we're looking forward to uh, having Jason, the super producer, back on the air with us. So um, before uh, before I bring in uh, tonight's guest, I just want to remind everybody that if you have a have a story or uh, experience that you want to share, you can find us at From the Shadows podcast on Facebook. You can find us at our forum page called After the Shadows on Facebook. You can find me at Shane Grove Author on Instagram or the From the Shadows podcast Instagram page or the good old fashioned way. You can just visit our website from the shadows podcast.com, hit the contact button, send me an email. I will, uh, I'll check it out, get back to you. Um, especially if you have a, uh, if you have an experience, we really love to really love to have you on. So, uh, reach out and, uh, get a hold of us. So tonight's guest is, uh, has got a story and a sighting that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Cause it's in here in, uh, North central Ohio, uh, at least part of her story is so, uh, I want to bring on Melissa from, uh, well, you're not actually just from Ohio, but you're also from Washington. So, so Melissa, Correct. Melissa, welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, let's, you know, let's get talking about, uh, about the big hairy guy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, so, um, I came across, I, 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 sometimes I get on some of the, uh, Facebook uh, Bigfoot sites, especially here in Ohio. And I kind of look around and ask if uh, anybody's got some stories because we love to hear stories from Ohio. And you, you were somebody that answered me on one of my uh, posts. And I, I'm so glad that you, that you answered me. <laughs> so I, I want to, I want you to kind of tell our listeners, like take us back to your, you know, the time, and the area that you're at, and we'll kind of uh, get into your experiences here in uh, here in Ohio. All righty. Well, I uh, grew up uh, between Columbus and Marion, Ohio, mostly in Marion. 
and I was about uh, 15 years old, and I lived on Unkerfer Avenue, and that's sort of on the, not quite, but getting close to the outskirts of town. Uh, at the time, behind me was a very large open wooded area. My, my backyard used to back onto an alley that ran the length of the neighborhood, and back behind it was nothing but a wooded area. And uh, on the night in question, um, I'm I'm a night owl. I'm awake usually until about five, six o'clock in the morning. And around two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, I hear someone walking through my garden. I had a half acre garden on the side of the house, and uh, there it was a blizzard that night. So just knowing that somebody was out in it was a little weird. And so I opened up my bedroom curtains, and Coming across my garden from the street going towards the woods is a, I would have to say, eight foot tall. Uh, I knew immediately what it was from the movie uh, The Legend of Bogey Creek. I knew immediately what I was looking at, that I was looking at a, a Sasquatch. And uh, when I opened my curtains, the first thing I noticed about him was that the light coming from my room out onto the snow alerted him that I was there. And, um, I remember saying out loud the, what the fudge exclamation. And, uh, he looks over at me completely nonplussed, did not care that I, that I had spotted him, did not care that I was looking at him, looked over and just kept continuing on. Well, my mom being out in the kitchen heard me say that. And when she opened my door to reprimand me for cussing, um, I asked her, am I awake? And she says, well, you appear to be why. And for some reason at the time, I did not tell her what I had just saw. For one, I looked back and it would had already gone out of my sight, my line of vision. Um, so I had nothing to show her and I would have felt like an idiot telling her what I thought it was. Um, the only other thing that I can say that really struck me that night was already the snow was three and a half feet. Uh, it, it was a blizzard and I was... It had created sort of like a drift in my yard. And this thing was walking through the snow uh, unimpeded. It wasn't picking up its feet like I had to the next morning when I went out to look for tracks. It wasn't picking its feet up and stepping over the snow. It was breezing right through the snow like it wasn't even there, like it was walking through smoke. And uh, so the next day I got up and I went out and of course it had continued to snow through the night. So actual individual toes or anything like that footprints, I didn't see. I did, however, clearly see this huge swath that it had cut across the snow in my garden. Uh, so, uh, so I want to, I want to ask you, cause I know, I know there'll be some people wondering like, so you, so you say or saying you heard this thing walking through your garden while there's a, while there's a blizzard going on. Like, what was it that you heard? Like, because, because, you know, it's like one thing if it's like the summer and the windows open and you can hear something, but this isn't like, you know, it's like a, not like a normal situation. So what was it, what was the noise and stuff that it was making that got your attention to say, Hey, what the heck is going on out there? The, the, Footfall, when its feet hit the ground, touched the ground, the snow squishing under its feet made um, a crunching noise. 
And I don't think I actually thought that somebody walking through snow was my first instinct. It was this crunch, 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 crunch that I was hearing. Um, I think I would I would have been satisfied satisfied had I seen a snowplow or something out there. It was just this odd noise that I couldn't place. Now, an addendum to that, I should add, I have very messed up hearing. Uh, I was in the blizzard of seven eight seventy eight, and a stove blew up by my left ear. So I can't pinpoint where sound is coming from, and I can hear sounds absolutely nobody can hear, and can't hear sounds everybody hears. Um, so my hearing is a little weird. I should just throw that in there. Uh, but yeah, I heard something that I couldn't identify. And it's just a habit for me to look around and go, what, where's that sound coming from? And what is it? And yeah, that, uh, that, that I can totally understand. That I can totally understand, especially if you, you know, if you know, you're not hearing stuff that the normal person's going to hear. And you hear stuff that the normal person doesn't hear, it probably would, you know, you probably would be on high alert, you yeah. know, and the blizzard of stuff. See now, so when you say blizzard in, in the, this was the early 80s that you're talking about, it wasn't right. the blizzard like the blizzard. Of no, 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 no. This was what, <laughs> we, what people nowadays would call a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't live through the blizzard of '78, you don't know what a blizzard really yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? that, so that was, was like, a real blizzard. So it was just a regular night of snow. Yeah, <laughs> this this night. I know the next day when I went out, um, drifted over my garden. Now, again, that's an open area, so the snow did drift over this big open area. Um, the snow was up to my hip when I went out. When I went out the next day. But it had already been about that deep that night. The snow didn't fall much more through the night. Of course, this was the middle of the night that I <laughs> that I yeah. was awake. So, and and to be and to be fair, you know, as I'm sitting here, Liz, you know, anything is that that big because I can't even imagine. You know, I you know we have farm animals and stuff like that. So you do hear, you know, when something is six, seven, eight hundred pounds, which you could only imagine something eight foot tall and that, you know, that big is. It's gonna make some. It's gonna make a some noise. It's not gonna be like a two hundred fifty pound guy walking across right. your yard. So, I mean, I can. I I just you know, it's not a normal thing for sure. So, so okay. So you get up in the morning and you still don't tell your mom. You don't tell. You don't tell anybody. No, I I I, I didn't tell anyone. Um, the only reason I know I wasn't dreaming is because I verified it. <laughs> I, I actually asked my mom, you know, am I awake? Am I dreaming? And I asked her again the next day, you know, I was awake last night when you came in, right? She goes, did you have a nightmare? I said something like that. I never did for years ever say anything to her about what it was I actually saw that night. It was years later that we ever even discussed it. Wow. And and I know that, um, I know I look, you know, the other night when we were talking and I, I got on the map and I was looking because I've had other um, and it's, and they were from similar, you know, close to the same time frame. I've heard other stories of Bigfoot sightings in that area of Southwest Marion. And we kind of talked like people don't like, like, especially like Marion and like where we're from, Cyrus and, and these are like the town ends and the town ends on a, at a cornfield. You know, it's like, right. it's like, it's not like it ends at, uh, you know, the uh, interstate or something like that. It's, it ends and you're, you're in farmland and beyond 
where I mean, just literally beyond where you were, there's like a, a quarry. There's two or there's at least two different protected uh, pieces Wet of land. Wetlands. And, um, and then just beyond that is LaRue. And, then and we have the, Sawyer's Lake out there as well. Another yeah, body of water. Yeah. And then there's the, I think the river that runs near LaRue is where I've, I've been told of at least two other sightings. And, and they happened in the 80s as well. And so it, it leads me to, to, to think, man, there must have really been something. Um, must, it must have been a great habitat at that point for these creatures to be hanging out. Because I, I think I also saw there was an orchard not too far away. You know, so there's other food other than animals, uh, other than live game. You know, there's, there's you know, and then you... If you had a half acre garden, I'm sure uh, yeah. in the summertime, you know, it, it probably knew where the, gar- where the garden was, too. It, so. Well, it, even in the winter, we, we grew potatoes and we did grow some root vegetables, you know, so. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, and, and did you notice, was there any, like, other than just walking through, was there any sign of it maybe digging up something or? Or didn't you even No, but of course, um, I'll be honest, even if there had been, I wouldn't have thought that immediately anyway. Uh, neighbors, um, my mom believed that you were to leave part of your garden for people to come and pick from. And so uh, neighbors also would sometimes come down if, you know, if they needed something and they were allowed to come pick from the garden. So I wouldn't have, even if I had seen it, I wouldn't have thought that. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So, okay. So, so then I know there was another instance, um, in the same area. So tell us about that. Uh, so, and I would say this would have been about a year to a year and a half later. Um, I had met my husband at that time. I was 16 and he, my mom and I were out back. Uh, he plays guitar. And so he, we were out there having a little twig fire in the backyard he was playing the guitar now at this point they had built a huge warehouse out behind my house it was huge i don't even know how long it was as far as i could see down the fence line and uh we're sitting out there and he's playing and all of a sudden we hear obviously this was bipedal i did this was not hooves i heard something extremely heavy i'm talking so heavy it would you could feel it in your own feet as it was running and it comes running up alongside of that warehouse and I can hear it going boom 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 and it's picking up speed because now there's an eight foot chain link fence out back of my house and on top of that eight foot chain link fence is another 18 inches of razor wire not barbed wire but razor wire and this thing come running up alongside that uh warehouse and it hit the fence once grabbed hold of the top of that fence and flipped its entire weight over the top of that fence and came crashing down on the ground so hard we felt it in the ground and by this point we were all running none of us looked back not one of us looked back to see what was what was coming up behind us and we ran i go in the back door first my mom comes in behind me and my husband literally slid in the back door and locked the door as he came in and uh that was 
it was a little bit after that that I finally said to my mom, well, what do you think that was? And she said, the only animal I could imagine that being, which I found interesting. None of us thought this was human. This, whatever was running up, this was not human. This was one big bipedal son of a biscuit. And the way it traversed that fence, I'm telling you, my husband's a big guy. My husband could not have recreated this if he wanted to. Um, and she said, the only animal that I could think that would be, would be um, like a silverback gorilla, she said, or that monster from the boogie boogie thing, the boogie creek. And I said, the legend of boogie creek. And she goes, yeah, that thing. And I just found that interesting. So I said, you know, that night that I asked you if I was awake and she said, I have always wondered about that night. I said, I saw that out in our garden that night. And she goes, Melissa. And I said, seriously, that's what I saw walking across the garden. That's why I asked you if I was awake that night. And she goes, oh, come on now. And just that little bit of doubt, I, I dropped the subject. Just that little bit of doubt, you know what I mean? But it was the first thing she thought of, too. Well, and that's kind of strange when, right? when, you, ask, when you ask her. Well, then what did she think? It was a silverback gorilla that was loose yeah, exactly. from, the, from the Columbus Zoo or something? I mean. <laughs> she says, I don't know what it was. All I know is I was getting the hell out of there. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Well, and, and you know, okay, so, I mean, obviously I was not there, but I can imagine, you know, I can imagine you probably, when you first told me, you know, and there's razor wire at the top. I mean, that kind of eliminates, in my mind, that it's some guy running. There's no way. The weight, the weight of this thing, you could hear in the footsteps. You could hear it, Uh, especially coming alongside that uh, warehouse. Um, You could hear it picking up speed. You could feel the weight of it in the ground. Our feet were touching the ground. I was sitting on the ground. You could feel it in the ground running. It was that heavy. And I'm telling you, a human would have had to have thrown something over that razor wire for one. I know there are army guys that can probably hit that fence and climb over. And they're going to be hurting for certain when they drop on the other side. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm sure. But nothing with this weight. It, it was not human. The, the fact of it being human never entered any of our minds. Well, not only that, but um, human going over the razor wire, you're going to hear at least. You're going to hear it. Yeah, or the only vocalization we heard from it is when it hit the ground. It sounded like, you know, how when you drop air escapes your lungs. That was the only vocalization we heard was when it dropped. (sighs) There was a bit of that (sighs) air rushing out of the lungs as you would hit the ground, which I would imagine, especially if you weighed several hundred pounds. Well, I gotta be honest, I make that noise just walking period anymore at this age <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like every, days when every get step up without sound effects every step um so i'm curious what so what what was that warehouse like what about that warehouse do you think honestly that, it, it took probably, his area I, if you had to ask i think it took his his habitat i and, don't remember what it was for all i remember is it made i want to I, I can't remember i know the marion power shovel was uh forward of me kind of kitty corner and at one point they had stored great big 
chunks of metal out there. I don't know what they were for. Um, so I don't know if the warehouse was built to store that stuff or if it was bought and built by somebody completely different. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that they built it there ran this thing out of its habitat and it didn't want to go. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's, you know, the one question in my mind is, is like, so it had to have obviously got in that way, jumped over the fence to get in. And you just wonder what drew it in there to go, right. to go check that out, you know, uh, other than maybe just being cu curious or something. And, uh, and maybe, maybe somebody saw it in there and that's why it took off running and jumped out. I mean, it's pure speculation, you know, it's pure speculation as to why it's just, it's just interesting to sit there and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, put, uh, put myself in that spot and think, you know, why, you know, why was that thing even messing around in there? You well, know? and it gives you a timeline too, if you think about it, that, as I said, this would have been a year, um, to a year and a half after, or it, it could have been as early as six months because it was winter. I know I was 15. It was winter. I would have turned 16 in April. And that's when I met my husband. So it could have been that that same uh, summer. So within but within a year, a year and a half. So that tells you that even though they had built this big warehouse out there, at least for a minute, it stayed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. For what, like you said, for whatever reason, it stayed. Now. Now your mom didn't want to hear any more of us. Did, did you pull that? Did you pull your future husband aside and say, "Hey, look, I'm telling you, this is what it was. I saw something." Or did you did you not tell him? Still, I actually I do remember one night. Uh, the best times of my life was always just laying in the dark and talking, just telling stories. That was always one of our favorite things to do, and we got on that subject what the heck was that? You know what I mean? And I said, I'll tell you what I think it was. And then I told him about my sighting. And he had told me that in West Virginia as a kid, him and his little brother laid awake all night and watched some big furry bipedal thing climbing up and down this rock face, moving around up and down this rock face. It was a full moon. And they, I know they were on a river somewhere. And I, I believe it was West Virginia. Don't quote me. I'd have to ask, but I believe it was West Virginia. And he said, so he could kind of believe it. And, um, but he didn't, he, he told me that later after he had his own sighting that I thought I believed it. I didn't believe it. Now I believe it. You know, Holy smokes. That'd be interesting too. Like, do you know, was he, were they out camping or something? Yeah, they were out camping and I know he was with his mom and dad. And I believe they told their parents and of course they weren't believed either. So. They, they were told it was a bear. And he said this wasn't a bear because it wasn't moving. Around. It never resorted to all fours, he said. It never went down on all fours. It was always on two feet. Oh, it's, it's, uh, that, I mean, that's great. That's a great story. I'd be terrible and, as a kid to see that. But it would be, that's a, that, see, that's an interesting um, foundation for him to then, you know, be able to hear that from you and then knowing what, what he's going to encounter, um, you know, it's, it, that's an interesting, uh, beginning to his journey with, uh, with Bigfoot for sure. You know, and just another tidbit about my husband and one of my daughters as well, they're, they're practically zoologists. They can identify any animal on the planet. 
you know, Animal Planet was their favorite show growing up. And you can see the darndest thing and they have no idea what it is. One of them will rattle it right off. So he's uh, he's an outdoorsman. He was very familiar with animals. Uh, That's putting it so mildly. (laughs) He's very familiar with the different animals. At least to the point where he knows it's not a bear. It's not a bear. Yeah. 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 That's uh, and that seems to be the go to. You know, when somebody sees something strange and furry and hairy out, it's like, oh, that's a bear. Except that a lot of times in these encounters, nothing about the way they act is a bear. Is a bear. Right. Is a bear. So, 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 okay. So let's, so you don't have anything else uh, Bigfoot related happen then in Marion. And then you guys end up where you would expect to, uh, expect to find Bigfoot. Correct. We ended up in Washington State, uh, moved out there when we were like 19 and 21. And now, now, did you go out there thinking, all right, now, now I'm going to be proven right. I'm going to see a Bigfoot, you know, every other yeah, day. We, had, <laughs> we didn't even, I don't think we had ever even discussed it again after that. You know, we both knew we'd had a sighting and we left that and you know what I mean? It, and of course, you have to understand the climate back there. You certainly weren't getting on a podcast talking about Bigfoot if you saw one. Well, you're still talking. This is still not even late. This is late 80s at the most, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah. So there was no internet, so to speak. Nope. Not not no commercial internet. No cell there was, phones. Yeah, no cell phones. There was no uh, researching other than going to the library and getting a book. Basically, uh, there was no TV shows or anything like that, really, that that highlighted this. So so you get out to Washington and, and then kind of what happens out there? I, I it, You asked me to talk to, to my husband to see if he remembered anything. And he did. He remembered our first camping trip. Now, this is before we moved into the woods ourselves. Uh, my daughter was, oh, gosh, she couldn't talk yet. She was just, I'd say, about 18 months old. And we decided to go up on um, Mount Rainier and go camping. And we were on Warehouser property where you used to be allowed to camp up there. Well, we see this old unused road. Saplings have grown up over it. And my husband decides that's where he wants to go camping. So he drives this big 1970 Cadillac through these weeds. And we end up in this perfect little clearing in the middle of nowhere at the top of some some foothill and uh so for three days we were up there and the reason we left we intended on spending a week but the reason we left is we kept hearing something circling the camp and it was so bad my husband couldn't sleep because whatever this thing was it 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 was making a lot of racket it it was not trying to hide the fact that it was there put it that way and what was really weird about it is we were in the middle of nowhere. We had to break down trees to get to this campsite. So um, one the, one morning we're outside and my baby is in a playpen. We brought her playpen with us. And she is in her playpen when these huge rocks starts getting thrown in our direction. And one of them landed about two feet from my daughter. And I, this is not going to sound like the most responsible thing, but somebody's throwing huge boulders at your baby. You know, my husband takes out his 44 and fires off a couple shots to warn whoever this is that, hey, we are armed. You know what I mean? This is this is not, you know, the people to be messing with kind of thing. 
And uh, so that night, that was the last night after that happened that day. He, he couldn't sleep. He stayed up literally all night long listening to something thumping, huge footfalls thumping around our camp. All, like it like it was trying to drive us out of there and it's flashing through the river we were putting our beer in the river you know like like one does uh and to keep it cold and we could hear it splashing through the river and when we went out the next day our beer was scattered all over like that ticked it off or something and um that was it that as soon as the sun came up that next morning we were out of there we drove out of there as soon as the sun came up we broke down camp and got out of there and now we're going against these trees that we knocked down. A little bit trickier getting out of there. Um, but yeah, so that was, I had completely forgotten about that. That that would probably have been, I think, our first encounter. See, all the time I thought it was Bigfoot. You understand? I'd seen it. Well, well, so when he started talking, we reminded you of that. It had to have taken you back then right away to that to that couple days right i did and it did and my husband was convinced it was a group of kids messing with us see i i didn't hear several people i heard one thing again i hear things other people don't hear and one of my specialties is when i'm in the woods i can hear something come from a long long way away i can hear a bobcat coming from from a long way away uh and i always thought it was just one thing i thought well they trying to get us out of there didn't you figure out when the beer didn't get take and drank right that, that, was, that yeah. it wasn't a bunch of kids right <laughs> but now i think the first night we were there there were some kids on um dirt bikes we could see them on like a I have to explain it by we were in the foothills of Mount Rainier. So you could look over on another foothill, you know. Yeah. yeah I, I and there were some kids over there uh, riding dirt, dirt bikes the first day that we were there. My husband was convinced that for some reason these kids had snuck over to our camp and was messing with us. And uh, where we were at, it to me, it simply wasn't feasible. There shouldn't have been anything where we were at except for wildlife. Now, wow. I did hear something go down the river that I did think was uh, an elk or because I, I can't explain it you can tell when you're listening to four feet or hooves versus a bipedal footstep it, I, I can't explain it but you can tell a difference yeah I, I, I you know you hear people say that and, and you can you can definitely tell you know when you hear horses or cows or you know whatever you know I'm around that's got four legs versus two for sure yeah yeah I, I think you definitely could What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. 
This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. So, um, but that, that's a more frightening story, story than any, I wonder, it's almost, it's almost like, um, you block that one out. Holy. Well, the size of the rocks too, I think is something I should mention when, when I say these were big rocks, I mean, my husband who would have had a hard time picking some of these rocks out and lobbing them 30 feet into our camp and they were coming from way far away. You know what I mean? And my husband would have had a hard time lobbing some of these rocks that far. Yeah, and when that stuff starts getting thrown at your child, that, right. that raises the threat level to a whole different, uh, yeah, you know, whole different uh, meaning there. You know, for no matter what it is, throwing rocks. I mean, you don't want it coming. You know, whether it's a kid or a bigfoot. I mean, there's no right. You know, you're gonna do anything to protect your kid. So. But uh, yeah, that's that's terrifying. I mean, that really is. That's, yeah. I, I would have to say, uh, most of that's that's probably the start of a good horror movie, yeah. or the yeah. end, or the yeah. or the unfortunate end of, of a good horror movie. I mean, that's just you know, all I found was your seventy old, your seventy three Cadillac sitting out in the it, middle. It, of the- especially, <laughs> um, I think. I can't say it was more, I started to say it was scarier for me because I really did think at that time it was Bigfoot. But to be honest with you, it was my husband that sat up all night with the 44, which allowed me to sleep, uh, oddly enough. So no, I can't, I can't say that. It was every bit as terrifying for him not knowing what it was. I really did believe at the time that it was a Bigfoot. Just like when, when we moved to where we did, I, I believed right away what, what it was. Do you remember saying that to him at that time or did you just kind of? I did. Yeah. I said, uh, it sounded like that was on two feet and he goes, it was, that's what I'm saying. There's some big MF out there. And I went, I, I think it's a Bigfoot. And he goes, I, I you know, I don't care what it is. It's going to get shot if it, <laughs> if it comes into, into camp. And that was the last night that we were there when I broached that, that I, I really did. I thought it was Bigfoot and that he just wanted us out of that, that area. And I think that's a lot of it is we're encroaching on the wildlife more and more and more. It's got nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And then, and, um, and now you're driving up into its territory. Right. And, you know, probably starting a fire and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff that it it's like, I, you know, I got to get these guys out of here. I don't want them uh, getting any closer. And, w- and what's strange is, is, you know, you had, like you said, there, there was very few resources to to know what people experienced with their own Bigfoot sightings. So it's not like you knew that somebody throwing rocks at you was a typical behavior. 
You know what I'm saying? Like No, the only like, thing that made me think of it was the size of the rocks. Yeah. It was the size of the rocks that this, to me, um, I, I, you know, my first thought, I think we both, our first thought was, uh, could it have been a rock slide? Um, that was our first, because you try to pigeonhole this into something that makes sense. Uh, except for, you could see the arc. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? You're not oh, going to yeah. get a rock, you know? It wasn't a bounce. It wasn't like. It was going really nilly because it hit another rock and bounced off because there's a vibration. If you can follow my train of thought when that happens. No, this was thrown. It was obviously being thrown. And we weren't up the, the hill that we were on. We were pretty much at the top of it. So there wasn't a whole lot further up for it to go, you know, for anything to be falling from. Yeah. Yeah. So. I get you. I get you. I guess you. Well, well, I'm glad I had you ask your husband because that's a, that's a really yeah uh, that's a really great. Uh, well, I mean, it's a great encounter story just for the fact to hear it. I, I'm sure it doesn't sound like it was great for you guys at the time. For no. sure. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it now, but you know, at the time, it was actually pretty scary. No, I'm 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 100 100% sure that it was. You know, so um, okay, so then so then what? What? So then uh, we bought a property that's um, it's also it's at the very bottom of the foothills of Mount Rainier and um, pretty much right as soon as uh, with, within, I would say, not very long, my children would sleep with their bedroom window open in the summertime when it was really hot. My daughter had come to me and she said that she heard a banshee and i said what do you mean you heard a banshee and she's like well it's either a banshee or a bigfoot and i said what are you talking about she said i hear something out front and it chitters and calls and hoots and hollers to something that's coming from back in the woods and it's a male and a female and i said well how do you know it's a male and a female and she goes well you know like if you were standing outside somebody's uh bedroom door and you could hear two people in there talking you could tell if it was a man and a woman you know because one of them's voice is lighter and i went oh okay so you think it's a man and a, and a woman no she said it's a banshee or a bigfoot it's not a man and a woman it's something communicating and i di i digress but i'll admit i did the same thing to my children my husband did to me later on and i said it's probably coyotes or raccoons because raccoons chitter and you know what i mean i, I tried to explain it and she goes no this is a big set of lungs okay you know blew it off till i started hearing it and um one night uh i was sitting on uh i had a car that i had totaled at the end of the house and i'm sitting on the hood of my car and i'm smoking a cigarette and my husband comes out of the house and i had been telling him for a while that i'd been hearing these incredible vocalizations out in the woods i mean i grew up in spending summers in Kentucky, always out in the woods. Uh, my, I hunted with my grandfather as a child, always out in the woods. I had never heard whatever this was. And as my husband comes out, my house is a ranch style home and it's very long. He comes out uh, the door at the opposite end of the house and hollers for me. And I told him where I was at. Now this thing had already started yelling. It had already started one long howl. And as he's coming out the door, and it takes him a minute to get to me. And when he gets up to me, he says, what is that? I said, that's that Bigfoot that lives back there. And he goes, no, he said, it's the fire siren and Roy. 
we have a volunteer fire siren. I said, no, that's a set of lungs. And he says, oh, no, I know what it is. He said, uh, the Roy rodeo's going on. You're probably hearing the bull speakers or something. I said, Gary, that's a set of lungs. <laughs> now, mind you, it hasn't inhaled. And we're still having this conversation. And this thing has not inhaled. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that, how it goes, ah, like it was mad. And my husband went, oh, God, that's a set of lungs. I said, that's a set of lungs. And no. I said, now tell me, is that bear? Because, you know, that's what his parents told him. No, that wasn't no bear. I said, mountain cat, uh-uh. Coyote, nope. Cow, uh-uh. Elk, uh-uh. I said, all right, then. What do you think that was? And he goes, I don't know, but it's cold out here. I'm going to go in. And he says, are you coming? And I went, nope. And he couldn't believe that I was going to stand out there and finish my cigarette. But here's the thing. I hear where things are. Yeah, it came into my woods. I heard it in my woods. It, but when I was out there, it never came closer until one night I was standing out on the back deck and I was smoking a cigarette and I'm at the opposite end of my house smoking a cigarette and I hear something coming through my woods that I'm assuming is going to be a big moose or an elk and I can't wait to see it. You know what I mean? I'm seeing saplings get pushed over, you know, good size, probably eight inch 10 inch thick saplings getting pushed over and it gets right to the edge of the woods and i'm smoking a, smoking my cigarette and i watch it watch me and i'm assuming it's going to step out into the clearing any minute and i'm going to see this big elk or big you know whatever it never does it stays just in the darkness where i can't actually make it out and if I would rock, it would rock. If I'd rock the other way, it would rock the other way. So then I started doing the boogie, right? And it doesn't boogie with me. It is not going to do the boogie with me. So then I realized it isn't me. I'm not reflecting off of something. Well, what the heck is it, right? And uh, so at any rate, I end up going in and I could see its eyes were glowing red. And I, it was chilly. It was nighttime. I could see little puffs of... Uh, you know, smoke coming out of its mouth. It was it was chilly out that night. And its eyes, I would say, were nine feet off the ground. That's a pretty good estimation because I had a cross on a tree. That's my pet cemetery right there. And I measured it the next day. So I know this thing was the eyes were nine feet off the ground. And I mentioned to my daughter, I saw I think I saw an elk or something big out there last night. Its eyes were glowing red. I think it was a deer or an elk or something. She goes, not if its eyes were glowing red. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she says, um, uh, homo sapiens eyes glow red. Deer's eyes will glow green gold-ish, which I realized I've seen that a million times on the side of the road. And I said, well, what's a homo sapien? Because, you know, it's been a long time since science <laughs> oh, and she's like well you know like a primate you know like a grass and don't say that I think Bigfoot lives out there and she goes just saying and I said no wait a second I've seen red eyes and, and photographs people you know and she goes because of the infrared on the camera it's reflecting the infrared from the camera back were you using your camera were you looking at your camera and I went no she said what light were you able to see what you could see? I said, there was a hint of light coming out of my kitchen window. She goes, yeah, well, then that's probably, <laughs> I'm just saying. She said, I'm just saying. And again, that's my daughter, like my husband, that knows all this bizarre facts about animals that told me that. I still can't get over the fact that your husband left you out to smoke by yourself. 
That's right? what I can't. That's um, what I can't. I don't know how to put this. I'm what you would call stubborn. I'm pretty obstinate. You just don't tell me what to do. And I was going to finish my cigarette because I smoke uh, clove cigars and they're about a buck twenty a piece. And I wouldn't put it out. Oh, I got it. I, I okay. wouldn't put it out. and so uh then the next occurrence if you want me to just continue i don't know how you want to do it but yeah 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 go ahead so one night i'm at home and now this is after years years of my children and i hearing this thing and again i have determined i really do believe it's bigfoot i don't care what people think that's what i think it is and uh my husband works for Boeing and he was coming home the backside of Fort Lewis. We live out on the army base. And as he's coming home, he's driving my Volkswagen. His car was in the shop and one of my headlights was out. So you kind of had to drive with your brights on. So he came home the backside so he could do that without offending anybody. And he sees something approaching the road way up in front of him. And at first, he thought it was a smudge on his windshield, so he said he scratched at the windshield and, oh, no, realized it really is something moving. But it was tan. It was not dark like what I saw or what most people report having seen. It was more deer-colored. So then he thought, oh, it must be a deer. But as he's getting closer, he realizes it's on two legs, he said. And then his mind thought, well, maybe there's pears and a tree and it's standing up on two legs trying to eat a pear out of a tree. He said his brains just started immediately clicking through what could this possibly be. He's again trying to pigeonhole what he's seeing. And he said uh, when he he comes, he's coming down a hill at this point when he very first sees it and it's walking up to the road in front of a hill. Well, he said in three steps, it stepped across a two-lane highway from the from about two feet off the left side to a couple feet off the right side. He said in, in three steps, it was across that highway. Well, when it reached the middle of the road, Gary's now also level on the road because he's come down his hill. And his brights flashed it right in the face. And he said it threw its arm up to block the light from its eyes. And um, it moved on. It, it moved on off the side of the road, and he came on home. Well, he came in, and when he come in, he was in the oddest mood. I couldn't quite place it, and you know, I figured he'd tell me eventually, but he didn't. And so finally, I'm like, "Are you going to tell me what's wrong?" And he said, "You wouldn't believe me if I told you." And I said, "Well, tell me." And he goes, "I think I saw. I saw Bigfoot. I did see Bigfoot. I saw Bigfoot." And I said, and you think I wouldn't believe you? Me. After telling you for years and years and years and years that I thought this thing lived out in our woods. And then he told me the story. And um, he said, we need a bigger gun. And I'm like, dude, you got a 30-30. You got a 30-06. I mean, come on. He goes, I need an elephant gun. I said, why is your first instinct to shoot it? He said, because I just got knocked off the top of the food chain. <laughs> wow. So, So just that. So finally, so then he, I mean, is that what it took to kind of tie back everything then yeah. from the camping trip with his brother to the camping trip with you guys to kind of realize, okay, um, maybe this is what we've been experiencing. I mean, I've been experiencing this whole time. Well, like he said, um, he thought he believed because I believed. 
you know, because I was so insistent. He thought he believed me because he did see the weird thing when he was a kid. Right. So he thought he believed me. He said until he saw it and he realized, no, now now he believes. Now he believes. And an interesting side point to the story is uh, it. Like I said, it moved into our woods. Um, and I called a girlfriend of mine whose brother used to camp on my property before I ever bought it. And I told her, Gary saw Bigfoot. And now I really do believe Bigfoot's living in my woods. And she said, oh, yeah, my brother always thought Bigfoot was out there. I call another friend of mine that lives a mile or two away from me. And I said, um, I think I got Bigfoot living in my woods. And quote, unquote, oh, he's over by you now. Yeah, he left here a couple of weeks ago. I wondered where he went. What? Now, I'm expecting people to, I don't know, tell me I'm cracking up, telling me I need psychiatric help. <laughs> I'm not expecting a whole group of people to agree with me and have their own stories. That's what I didn't expect. Then you don't sound like a typical woman. Because <laughs> any woman I know just expects her. No, I'm just um, but yes, I know, what you're, I know what you're saying, though. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of, like, you do want to be um, right when it comes to this, like you, you don't want to be crazy, but at the same time, you're kind of like, gosh, uh, maybe, maybe I just want somebody to tell me it, it was just a bear or they saw a bear or something, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I get that. Like as much as you know, you don't want to think you're crazy still. Sometimes it still, you know, probably seems like, yeah, it, it would be easier if it just wasn't real for sure. Now, now did you tell me that, uh, was it the BFRO that came out and, and, and yeah, um, Gary had posted online somewhere um, his sighting and the BFRO reached out to him and asked if they could come and have him actually take them to where he saw it at and uh, show him, you know, where it was walking and everything. And Gary said it was easy to pinpoint where it was at on the road because of the hill that was behind it. And it was easy to pinpoint its size. Now, this is where Gary's. Uh, story is a little unusual again the bigfoot he saw was tan and it was abnormally large even for a bigfoot and i'll tell you why i believe my husband's description is because he's a crane operator at boeing for years and years and years gary has to be able to move a 150 foot airplane wing in a 160 foot area he's got to be dead on on his measurements eyeballing something he's got to, uh. be able to eyeball height width you see what i'm saying he's got to yep. be able to eyeball that and he is Daggone good at it, let me tell you. Daggone good at it. And he said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how big he, he said it was because I'm not 100% sure. But it was, he thought, I think he said 12, 11, 11 feet, 12 feet, abnormally tall, even for a Bigfoot. And he said this thing was three to three and a half feet thick from sternum to spine. And it had to have had shoulders of at least four plus feet. From shoulder to shoulder. Now, mind you, my husband's a great big dude. He said this thing dwarfed him. Dwarfed him. He looked like a kid. He would look like a kid next to this thing. And so the BFRO guy took Gary out to Fort Lewis and he showed him where it was at. And the guy then told Gary, this is why I wanted to come out here and have you show me exactly where this was at. He said because he himself had had a sighting a few years earlier of an abnormally large tan Bigfoot. And he said, I was in my tree stand and my tree stand was 12 foot up in the, in the tree. And he said, this thing walked by and the top of its head was just about level with that tree stand. And 
he pointed right where Gary was standing. He said, my tree stand is about 300 yards right into those woods. Good God. Yeah. I, I can't even wrap my head around something that big. Uh, I, and I'm telling wow. you, my husband, I've never in my life wow. seen anybody with the sense of depth and that my husband has just because he was trained that way. He literally, he was trained to pay attention to widths and heights. You know what I mean? Wow. And this guy confirmed that. And so then they come back to the house and this guy's got a map and he's put it out on the hood of my car that's down there. And he's showing us that he's tracking them, that they're coming down to the lowlands in the really bad weather for game is what he believes is exactly what's going on there. Well, I noticed all these little dots right in my band of woods. And I said, what, what are these dots in my woods for? And he said, well, the neighbor behind you has seen one come out of your woods several times. And of course, I couldn't help it. I am a woman. I said, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Uh-huh. 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 There is a Bigfoot living out in them woods. Uh, see, I knew, I knew it would come out eventually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Just out of curiosity, like what? What was? What did they have to say about this one being so big? Like, what was their thought? Like, it's one of a kind, or is there a different? No, actually, if I recall now, and it might behoove you to do an interview with Gary even, but from what I recall, he said there actually were about three or four shades. Some of them were reddish. Some of them were the dark, you know what I mean? Some of them were reddish. Uh, Some were tan, and some were more light brown, like, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. And Gary said that's what this thing reminded him of, size-wise, how huge it was. He said it was, but it was way more muscular and that he could see its muscles flexing as it walked. You know what I mean? You could see its butt muscles and its leg muscles flexing as it walked. Cause I even asked, could it be two guys, you know, you know, one on somebody's shoulders and he goes, no way, this no freaking way. And I said, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions and I want you to answer me without thinking terribly much about your answer. I said, um, why did, was your first thought to shoot it? And he said, because I couldn't beat it. I, I, there's no way I could kill this thing. And uh, I said, do you think it meant you harm? And he goes, nah, it didn't even care that I was there other than it was irritated by my headlights flashing in its eyes. Just irritated, not pissed off, just irritated. I said, what do you think it was doing? He said, if I had to guess, it was going over to the river. And I it had done it a thousand times. I interrupted its nightly thing. That's, you know, that's what it felt like. Well, I'll tell you what, Melissa, anything that big can do whatever it wants. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> like, I don't even think him hitting it with his truck would probably kill it if that's what you were attempting to do, you know? I mean, I, that's just, the, that is so big, I can't comprehend it. I mean, he also said something interesting to me, which was, um, I'm not even sure unless it really was advancing on me that I could shoot it because it was human. He's like that, those eyes. He said, I'd have a hard time. It'd be murder. That's what he said. It would be murder. It would be murder to shoot one. Well, you, you hear that from a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. hunters and people with guns that when they have this is that they just, you know, they just couldn't pull the trigger even if they wanted to. Uh, 
because it just, you know, they're not now, sure. One of, one of the best rebound stories that we got from this was from a uh, snowplow driver that plows the roads out in our area. And um, he uh, was out uh, plowing the roads one night and he seen it coming across a snowy field. And um, he said the same thing that I said, that it walked through that snow like nothing. Snow is not a deterrent for it like it is for us. Um, and he had a gun on him because he was always seeing wild stuff out there, bears, elk, whatever, you know what I mean? So he carried a shotgun on him and he had time to get out of his t- truck and grab it and point it at it. And he said it looked right at him and its shoulders just slumped and it looked down like, oh, man, you're going to shoot me. You know, like it like it it knew what the gun was. It knew what he intended to do. And it was just defeated. And he said he couldn't pull the trigger. He said he could not pull the trigger. And so a couple of sightings the same night that Gary saw it, it. Like I said, it took him a week or two to say anything to anybody at work about it. But the same night that Gary uh seen it when he started speaking about it at work uh one of his supervisors was riding his motorcycle home at the time and crossed over a bridge just about a mile from our house and it was drinking out of the creek there and he actually turned back around on his motorcycle and went back but it was gone uh a little bit half an hour 45 minutes later his son, who also worked with Gary at Boeing, was coming home with his girlfriend. They went over the same creek bed. She saw it. He didn't. And he turned around to go look at it. And she started crying and having a fit. She was she was that scared. And so he was complaining. Everybody got to see it but him. But, yeah, so there were other sightings the same night that Gary saw it. Wow. And, and it's super interesting that the guy from the BFRO also believes he saw the same exact one the same one yeah gary said the hair on its arms were was very long very long he said longer than what you see it portrayed on on tv normally um because i'm sure because his headlights were shining on it you know what i mean so he got a (laughs) a spotlighted image of it you know well i'll tell you what i since marion is 20 minutes from where i live I'm glad that that one was only about eight foot tall. Yeah. And uh, you can keep the 12 foot ones out in Washington. Um, yeah. I'm and that gonna... one was dark haired. The one I saw was dark haired. Um, I wouldn't say it was the color of a gorilla. It was, it was uh, um, you know, like if you've never dyed your hair for those who haven't, uh, you get variations in your hair color. The one I saw was like that. It had varying shades of brown, huh. brown hair. And I got a good look at it because it was walking on snow and there was a moon that night bouncing off of the snow. So I, same thing. I got a good look at mine too. But Gary, to his credit, has never, and I do remain, never returned to the woods. And we were avid woods people. We loved to go camping. My kids quit going out into the woods when this thing moved into our woods. It scared us out of part, half, half of my property is wooded. It took over the other half of my property. We got, we didn't go, we don't go back there anymore. <laughs> well, and I know, and I know you're moving, uh, you guys are moving back to Ohio, right? Right. Now, um, are you going to, are you going to live out in the country in Ohio or? Nope. I will be in the city here. <laughs> You'll be in the city. Okay. I will be in the city. All right. I didn't know if you're going to pressure luck back here in, in, in Ohio too. So. 
<laughs> well, oh, I, well, I would I would live in the woods again. I just like I said, our woods. Uh, he can have. Them. He can have them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the tree knocking. I've seen. Now I've gone up to the Pinoche rainforest and seen something that my husband and I could not explain. I do not know. Now maybe somebody out there can tell me how this happened. Uh, we were in the Pinoche rainforest, which is known for sightings, and we were. Um, we belong to an energy healing group and we were um, out visiting the old gross forest, you know what I mean? And just soaking up the energy. And uh, we went, wandered off on our own. We found three and I wish I was an arborist and could tell you what kind of trees they were, but I can't, but they were, uh, they looked to me like maybe a fir, a Douglas fir that had lost all, all of its needles because they were upside down with the roots in the air and these trees, I'm not as good at guesstimating as my husband, but I bet they were about 50, 60 feet tall at least. And they were, and now here's what's weird about that. Yeah. Go ahead and tell me somebody came in with an excavator. How there wasn't, you could reach over and touch the next tree through all the way around them. So, so you're saying that something took the trees out of the ground and jammed them in and turned them upside down. They couldn't have grown that way because the root balls were up in the air. They could not have grown that way. Like I said, the root balls were up in the air. And they well, on top well, of it, they were dead. Well, well, I will tell you, I've, that's not the first time I've heard people tell uh, tell about them coming across trees that have been uprooted and jammed into the ground. From the first, I've, I've heard that before. Now, what that means or who did it, I have no idea. I know I can't do it. But I'm guessing a 12 foot tall, 1500 pound, half human, half, uh, you know, primate might have a good shot at it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because you couldn't have gotten machinery in here. You you, you could not have gotten machinery in here to do this. And again, they were 60 feet tall. So they'd already reached, you know, maturity before this was done. That's just insane to me. I mean, it's insane to what. To, to what it would take to rip a tree out of the ground like that. So, mm-hmm. and do, well, I got to be honest. Um, maybe it's a good thing you guys are staying out of the woods because, right? Uh, I mean, you've had enough experiences for about ten people, I would say. So, but uh, I will tell you, Melissa, I, I appreciate you uh, um, answering my post. And uh, agreeing to come on and tell and tell these stories. These have, these have been great. And like I said, those ones in Marion, that those couple experiences in Marion, I've had other experiences told to me from that same area. And it's really uh, it's super interesting to think that uh, uh, North Central Ohio doesn't isn't normally known as a hotspot for for, uh, right. for Bigfoot. So. That's, uh, I, I, as I had told you last we spoke, um, I was surprised myself to see that, to hear that, that there were other sightings here. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard at least three other ones. Um, and, and, and I think they were all from the, from about the same time period too. So I don't know if there was something there at one time and it's kind of moved out of the area or nobody's reported anything, but I, I'd love to hear some more stories from that area for sure. Yeah. So, so but Melissa, I did, again, I want to thank you. Thank 
thank your husband for uh for reminding you of that other camping trip uh that that's great and uh um book I, I i'm glad you came on and, and shared uh shared your experiences all right well thank you so much for having me on thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the from the shadows podcast until next time never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows we are out <laughs>Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.